Hi everyone, so in episode two, I would like to talk about having a Rebbe, or not having a Rebbe, or rabbi, or mentor, for that sake. So these days it became very popular and almost demanded, especially in the age of Shidduchim and Bahram, I guess, people between the age of 20 and 30, and obviously younger, are very much required to have a rabbi their personal rabbi, someone who they're going to ask a question to when they're stuck, someone who, you know, who gives them guidance in this tricky world. Not so much for girls. Girls are somehow pure enough that they don't need guidance. But for guys, guys need a rebbe. And Shittuchim is asked, the resume, you have a rebbe. Um, and I would like to explore that. I would like to explore where this is coming from and is that actually good? Or, surprisingly enough, maybe there's actually some harms coming from this mentality of having a Rebbe everywhere. So I want to start with this. The Pasuk in Mishle says, Well-known Pasuk and well-known Pshat, the Pashup Pshat, is that you should um, train him according to his way, so he will not stray from that path later on. But there's another pshat, which actually fits better with the full sentence. Uh, the other pshat says that LP means um, peh, is like mouth, which is the opening, which is beginning, opening, beginning. So train the kid at the beginning of his path. Gam kiyazkin, when he gets older, he will never stray, meaning he will never stray from educating himself. So again, so train him at the beginning of his path, so for the rest of his life, he will be able to train himself. And like, you know, it's, 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 it's like the saying, give a man a fish, you fed him for the day. Give a man, if you teach him how to fish, you feed him for life. We all understand that, obviously, you know, giving someone charity is nice and cute and, 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 and beautiful. But if you really want to help the person, you actually teach him how to feed himself. Teach him a trade. So when it comes to Rebbeim, are the Rebbeim doing this? Are the Rebbeim teaching people how not to need a Rebbe later on? How to be self-sufficient? Or are they keeping them dependent for the rest of their lives? I'm not, I'm not here to criticize Rebbeim. Um, I'm here to criticize the way we look at things as a whole, as a culture. It's not the Rebbeim's fault. It's, not, it's no one's fault, necessarily. It's more um, to awaken a new view on, on having a Rebbe. Actually, maybe it is someone's fault, but we'll discuss it later. Not someone individual, just like coming from a certain direction. But anyways, so are the Rebbeim teaching is part of the curriculum to be independent or actually to stay dependent? You know, with the Miraglim, I thought about that this week, somehow, that um, the Miraglim, what was the sin over there exactly? Really, it's, it's, quite, it's quite bizarre. The Miraglim really thought that Hashem, Miraglim really thought that Hashem cannot win because these people are a little bit big. Like, okay, he took care of the Mitzrayim, he, he did Kriyas Yamsuf, but these guys, these guys are really tall. Hashem cannot deal with them. So that's, that's, quite, that's quite interesting. Well, what were they thinking? So what they say, um, I think it's even hinted, it's alluded to in Rashi, that um, 
what, what was happening there is that they thought that true, Hashem obviously could win everyone, but we are not worthy. We're too small. We're too small. Um, why? Because they had previous sins and whatever, so Hashem decided to not help them anymore, and that was the problem. So their problem in Imuna, the sin that they got punished so harshly for, was not, not believing in Hashem, is not believing that Hashem could help them when they're so small, something along those lines. And from there, we move on to the well-known concept that part of Imuna is brought in Hasidus and brought in Musr, that part of Imuna is believing in oneself. Not only believing in Hashem, is actually believing in yourself. But we should actually look a little deeper in what does it mean to believe in yourself. Believing in yourself means a regular self-help talk, which is, you're great, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're worthy, the world was created for you. But there's another part to it. If you believe in yourself, that means you actually trust, just like Emunah and Hashem, right? We're saying, you should have Emunah and Hashem, so you should have Emunah in yourself, right? Emunah and Hashem also means trust. You trust. You trust Hashem, right? Bitachan. So you should trust yourself too. Do you doubt yourself in everything? Could you not make any move in life without someone guiding you? Is that believing in yourself? You're amazing, you're beautiful and everything, but you need guidance for every move because you might make a huge mistake because you can't trust yourself. Does not, that doesn't look like believing in yourself. And I think the culture of this Rebbe movement, Rebbeim, Rebbeim in every step, is, is, is kind of crippling. It's kind of teaching us no, you're going to need a Rebbe for the rest of your life. Because how could you trust yourself? It comes from, it comes a little bit from, I think, learning Musser wrong. In Musser, you have a lot about self-doubt, about do you have other motives? Are you biased? You have to find the biases. We're all biased. We all have other agendas, and we have to find them, and we have to clean them and purify. You know, in the Sikhs of is Nikias. So that taught, people took that and said like, oh, so we can't trust ourselves because we're so biased. So therefore, what, what, what should we do? Oh, we have to have a Rebbe. We have to be tied to someone else who for the rest of our lives is gonna, um, is gonna keep us in check. But the Musser never said that. The Musser's farm never said that. They said that you shouldn't trust yourself. You have biases and therefore you should work harder to clean up those biases. You should work in a case. Messiah Sharm never said, you got problems with um, your personal agendas, therefore never trust yourself. That doesn't say that anywhere. Not in Messiah Sharm and not in others Farm. What it says is, do chesh ben What it says in, in breasts of, do ispaitidus. Work on purifying yourself so you could actually end up trusting yourself. Never fully. You should always leave room for question and you could, there could always be mistakes and you should be um, quick to admit when there's a mistake, if you find it afterwards. But the process doesn't require giving up on you trusting yourself and handing it over to someone else to take care of the rest of your life. That was never brought anywhere. That's absurd that you should lean on someone else for the rest of your life. Every person was given the ability to lead, to be a leader of his own life, to just give it up because you can't trust yourself that I feel like that weakens people, that makes them, and, and by the way, it's, 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 it's the same with mentors. It's not only in, it's not only in, um, it's not only when it comes to Torah or Avodah Hashem. When it comes to everything in life, mentoring, you need a mentor for business, you need a mentor for this, you need a mentor for that, you can't make any decisions yourself. Obviously, when it comes to 
strong cross, like very important crossroads. You want to ask, you want to ask a wise person. You want to ask for advice. You know, you move to a new city. You ask uh, the locals where to go for this and where to go for that. Um, generally, you have you make very big decisions. You you ask. Um, you 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 want to hear another opinion. You want to hear someone wise. If you have you know a senior grandfather, uncle, father, rebbe. Whatever it is, you, it's always, there's always room for that. But not to declare that you're incapable of making your own moves and not to trust yourself. That is very, very harmful. Every man is supposed to be a leader. And every, every human being is supposed to be a leader. And, and to just take a back seat and to give it up, I feel like that's, that, that, that could be very harmful. And then also... It, I, I, I'm not talking about Hasidim either, like when you get a bracha, that's, that's something mystical. To get a bracha from, from a Rebbe, um, that's something that's like going to the Urim Vitumim and just getting the okay from Hashem. That's not giving up your ability to make decisions. It's just getting like a stamp of approval, a spiritual stamp of a, a, a approval. I feel like that doesn't um, take away from your from your feeling that you lead your own life, that you are someone who could trust himself, that doesn't, t- that doesn't demasculinate you um, at all. So that's that. Now, I would like to read a piece from Rav Nachman that actually really illustrates that. And that's very interesting because one would think that Rav Nachman is super into Rebbe. You know, Rav Nachman was such a big Talmud of Rav Nachman. And Rav Nachman talks about Sadika Emes and Rabbeinu, and we go Rosh Hashanah to Uman, and very busy with Rabbein. Rabbi Nachman, so many times in Likutei Maran, Rabbi Nachman talks about um, the Tzaddik and uh, Talmud and the Rebbe and Teravav, and Rabbi Nachman's very busy with that. But I want to read this piece, which will illustrate another point, which actually kind of brings to the opposite. And that's in general a very good way to learn Rabbi Nachman's ideas is when you see that there is contradictions between two things, it forces you to delve a little bit deeper and see that Rav Nachman doesn't mean what it looks like on the surface. So, okay, let me read this. I'm going to read it in English. It's Rav Nachman in Sichas Haran, the first Sicha. It starts with, For I know that Hashem is great and our Lord from all other gods, King David. Peace be upon him, said, King David, peace be upon him, said, For I know specifically I... For the greatness of the blessed creator is impossible to tell to someone else. And even to oneself, it is impossible to tell from day to day according to what dawns on him and sparkles for him that day. He cannot tell himself on another day the shining and the sparkling of the greatness of the blessed one and of the blessed one and that he had yesterday. And therefore he said, I know specifically, I know specifically, for it is impossible to tell at all. Um, and he brings a Zohar that says, and is written in the Zohar, each person according to what he fits in his heart. Basically, we're not going to saying over here that there is things, can niyadati gedol Hashem, a person realizes, a person experiences a spiritual experience, he cannot tell it to someone else. And someone else cannot tell it to him. Everyone experiences it differently. Not only that, a person cannot even tell it from one day to another. Every day, the same person, every day experiences it differently. 
So this is nice, this is poetic, it's beautiful, but really what's hiding here is another thing. What's hiding here is that you cannot lean on a Rebbe to teach you spirituality. You have your own experience. You have your own way of doing things. You have your own hasaga in Hashem. You understand it differently. You understand it in your own way. Everyone is created different. Everyone's different. Every person since creation is created different than anyone else. No one, no one in the world before was the same person that you are. And therefore, it's impossible to share experiences. You could share a little bit. You could somewhat touch upon it. But to actually transform your, to transfer your experience from one to another, that's impossible. So, and this is the first Sikha and Sikha Saran. I feel like this is a message here that you got to go your own way. You got to have your path. I know this, it sounds like so like, like, not controversial, but like, like individualist, individualistic, like you got to go your own way. It's supposed to be so simple. Every person is his own person. So therefore, it's impossible for other people to know exactly what you're going through, to know what you are, and Rav Nachman adds to it, to know what Hashem is telling you. No one knows what Hashem is telling you. Only you know. Right? Um, there's a Pasuk in Tehillim that says, L'cha Omar Libi, and Rav Nachman explains, from my heart, or maybe even Rashi says something that Rav Nachman quotes and explains it, that from your own heart you understand what Hashem is telling you. You listen to your heart and you understand what Hashem is telling you. Now obviously you've got to purify your heart. But you, but you shouldn't give up your heart and just run away and say like, I can't trust myself and that's it. That's it. How are you going to listen to Hashem's voice? Someone else will tell you, someone else cannot tell you what Hashem is telling you in your heart. Someone else could listen, could help, could guide, but you gotta have it within you. You gotta have your own voice and not lean on anyone else. And the same thing applies to mentors. The same thing. It's, it's, it's about spirituality, but it's about mentors. It's about just a belief that we are able to decide for ourselves. We are capable enough to step above our biases, above what holds us back, and we, we could just clean up our thought and really know what's good for us. So, um, another, I guess, one more um, exclusion I should make is when it comes to public decisions. Although you, do, like, although you don't need a Rebbe, I'm a strong believer that there is authority. There is authority. If there is a group, there is one person who will decide. There is one president, there's one prime minister, there's one Rosh Hashiva who decides. It's not, I decide for myself, so I'm in someone else's yeshiva, so I'll do whatever I want. Obviously, there's structure. And when it comes to a decision that applies to a number of people, usually there's a leader who leads the way. I'm talking more about personal life. When it comes to personal life decisions, are you handicapped? Are you a person who's not capable to lead your own life? Do you need to lean on someone or no? You, are meant, you should believe, and a Rebbe should teach. A Rebbe should put a lot of emphasis on teaching. Ask yourself, when you go ask a Rebbe a question, the Rebbe should be like, well, what do you think? What do you think? What are you feeling? What are you feeling? Should emphasize, should, should try to teach you and train you how to listen to your heart. And if, you come, and if, and if the, the student comes up with, with answers that are a little biased, so the Rebbe will be like, don't you have another voice inside of you that's saying different? Try to dig deeper into the person himself to come out. With the, with, with, the truth, with the truth from within. 
Another important point to add to this is the topic of having a Rebbe in, when it comes to learning, the actual Torah, not like Hashkafa and ways of life. And there, obviously, Moshe Kibbal Torah Messina, Masar Yeshua, Vishu Masar Kenyan, obviously the Torah comes with the Masorah, and uh, the Torah was given um, through Rebbe the Talmud, right? Um, but even there, there's a lot to be said. There's way too much brainwash about having a Rebbe, while a lot of the, the great Rebbeim, the great uh, sages, I should say, did not have a Rebbe. Like, who's... Chaim Velazhenor is the Groz Talmud, we all know. But who's the Groz Rebbe? Who's the Chazam Nish's Rebbe? Um, Reb Chaim had his famous Talmidim. Right? Baruch Ber was very, very much about Reb Chaim, even though he had his own way. Reb Shimon Shkarp was a Talmud of Reb Chaim, but he did his own thing. Um, he didn't mention Reb Chaim all the time. Um, I think Reb Dolly Trapp was also a Talmud of Reb Chaim and, and, and went in his own way. But, but go on to other people who didn't have a Rebbe altogether. The Chassanish didn't have a Rebbe. Um, Reb Moshe Feinstein, they say Reb Pesach Pruskin, but like, is his Rebbe? Is his Rebbe like Chaim Velazhin was a Talmud of, of, of the Grom? No. No. Some people happen to be, that's what Hashem gave them, that they were born and they were living at a time that they had a, a, a huge person right in front of them and they end up learning from them their whole life. But some people not. It's not a requirement. It's absolutely not a requirement. They did their, their own thing completely. Plenty of huge figures. Baal Shem Tov didn't have a Rebbe that we know of. Rabbi Nachman didn't have a Rebbe. Rabbi Nachman made fun of those who said that Rabbi Nachman Hardanka, his, his, his grandfather, um, was his, like his tyrants came from him. He made fun of that. It was all his own. Completely his own. And plenty of people in the Torah, um, some people had a Rebbe. Some people didn't, you know? Yeshua Binun had Moshe Rabbeinu, um, but Moshe Rabbeinu himself did not have. So there is room for that, and there is room for that. It's definitely not a requirement to have that. Although there is the, the Mesorah, that we do know there's Rishayim, there's Achreinim, there's Tanoim, there's Amiraim. No one's just waking up and inventing the wheel. Um, but in a personal sense, to completely obey to a Rebbe in Torah, um, no, there is a, there's a way to learn, there's a Mesorah, but not everyone has a personal Rebbe um, their whole life when it comes to Torah. So that's something uh, it's important to exclude. One more exclusion, obviously, is halacha. When it comes to halacha, um, you got to ask someone who knows halacha. That goes without saying. Um, it, although there's um, room for application of halacha at different scenarios, but it all starts with someone who knows halacha, who knows, who knows what it says and what the halacha is. So th that's really the traditional role of a rabbi. A rabbi knows what the halacha says in situations. Uh, a rabbi is also Masada Kiddushin. There's, there's uh, traditional roles of rabbis, and that's what they were intended for. There's also, rabbis also give advice, obviously. It's very, it's very good and recommended to ask for advice from wise people and from rabbis who uh, learn Torah their whole life and have the wisdom of the Torah. It's just not something you have to lean on. It's not like crutches. You are self-sufficient. It's just, it's wise to ask, you know, someone who's in business is going to ask from, you know, ask advice from, from people who, who are well-versed in that area. 
So, but not, you're not dependent. You're not, it's not that you can't trust yourself. On the contrary, you have to trust yourself. And speaking of business, I was thinking, Lahavdil, you know, I don't want to compare you know, Torah is Torah and business is Lahavdil, but when it comes to business, think about it. Did Bill Gates have a mentor? Did uh, Warren Buffett have a mentor? Did Steve Jobs have a mentor? Did um, Jeff Bezos have a mentor? Elon Musk? I don't think any of them had mentors. They, they, they build their own... This, the reason they're special is because they had something unique and they believed in themselves and no one told them that they're able to do what they're able to do. They just had it in them and they developed it. That's the way to grow. You're unique. You're special. So I guess that brings out my point that I'm trying to make. So that's a good place to conclude. And with that, yeah, that's it. So I'll see you next week. Thank you very much for listening.